Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Business Podcast. This is Sam Heisel alongside my co-host, Jordan Williams. And today we have some very special guests from the Upper West Side of New York City. It's the real. Bew, bew, bew. <laughs> For those of you who don't know It's the Real, at this point, I would just consider them a brand. They've done any everything from writing comedy sketches to working on TV shows to... Uh, having their own podcast. I know that Sam and I look up to their podcast, A Waste of Time, um, with It's the Real, but they have some, some really cool other ones too, like Two Jews and Two Black Dudes. Super hilarious podcast. Um, super glad to have them on. I think, I think it's super great to not only hear content from them, but they're also comedians. So I think, I think people will also be fairly entertained by this, by this oh, episode. For sure. I mean, they're, they're hilarious, super fun. I mean, they've interviewed, Major players in, in Migos, the music industry. Cardi B. Yeah, I mean, top-tier artists. Um, and I think beyond that, too, uh, I think for artists and managers and people looking to break into the music industry, their experience, just when it comes to building an audience and a brand online, is really, really it's powerful and insightful. And I think uh, we definitely dive into that today so that we can really try and extract some lessons so that you guys can really build up your own brands and build up audiences around what either you're doing or the artists you're working with are doing, because that's... Uh, it's foundational in this industry. I mean, the ability to create an audience, create a fan base, uh, that's what makes this tick. So without any further ado, let's get into the podcast. Let's do it. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Sprinkler System, a.k.a. Pull Up and Spray. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Run Through Women, a.k.a. Juice Clan. Yeah, we're It's The Real. This is Sam from the Music Business Podcast alongside Jordan from the Music Business Podcast. Yeah. A.K.A. Uh, Baltimore Genius, <laughs> a.k.a. Baltimore Prime, a.k.a. Uh, Warsberg in the building, but not really, because I'm really a gentrified. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Yo, guys, super excited to have you on. How are you doing for today? Us. Yeah, for sure. Good. How are you guys? I'm good. Good. Um, so I think it's fun to to have some other like goat podcasters on on the music business podcast today. We're looking forward to them showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, um, I mean, obviously you guys have just an incredible show. I think you personally a fan just as far as the kind of the layer of commentary and comedy that you bring into it, which is like really fun. It's built a cool community. Um, what kind of got you guys into it? What made you want to start? And I, I know at this point now you guys are interviewing a lot of like major talent and whatnot, like very serious thing, but. Is that, I mean, was that the uh, intention off the bat? You know, uh, no, <laughs> we are, we don't consider ourselves, uh, you know, podcasters. That's not like at the top of our, our resume or anything. We're, we're hip hop sketch comedians, right? So we started out in sketch comedy 12 years ago doing like SNL type videos on a weekly basis. So the thing that that taught us was that we're going to do things with consistency and at a high quality. Mm -hmm. So Flash forward a few years and we sold a television show and we were waiting for the negotiations to come to a close. And, and our, our agent was like, hey, a good way to keep your name out there is to do a podcast. And we had done a podcast in 2010. 29, yeah. And so we were not interested in doing another one. But um, he was like, you know, you'll, you'll keep your name out there and, and that'll be good. And so 
this thing that we were not that excited about, it has become like a driver for us. And also like something that we are excited to do week after week. And and like you said, it has built this nice community, a nice little, um, you know, thing for us. Yeah. And I think that it is like our agent at the time said a way to keep your name out there, a way to, you know, keep an audience. And what we've done again is do it consistently and at a high quality, or at least it's better now than it was four years ago. And I think that, you know, word spreads, podcasts are now a thing and it's not so weird for, you know, an, an artist who's coming to New York to visit to stop by these two dudes' apartment. No, uptown. it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, <laughs> if I can just be very uh, blunt about it, like, you know, I'm sure that most people when they're showing up are like, I'm going to somebody's apartment. Like, I'm not going to like an actual like, big glass building. It's like, no, you're going to this these this apartment. Yeah, and I think that if you if you take a step back and you look at it, then yeah, it's like I guess we're documenting something that can live on forever, which is really cool, right? At our core, do we consider ourselves like journalists? Not at all. Do we consider ourselves like documentarians? Not really. Like, are we conversationalists? For sure. And that's something that's just like a really cool thing that we can have um, Cardi B on. We can have Lil Uzi Vert on. We can have uh, DJ Casey on and we can have our mom on. And it's all like legit and it's all fun and in the same you know vein throughout all of them. So totally, totally. Um, whatever happened with trying to get Assad? How did how did how did people how did people <laughs> well, actually? I went not well. so hard trying to get Assad <laughs> not on the well. podcast, and then uh, one of the executives over at when she was still at um, RCA was or at, at Epic, excuse me. One of the executives over at Epic was just like he already gave his first interview. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, damn. Then I saw he gave his second interview to Angie the other day, and I was just like, damn, like can't even get a break here. Assad's got to go to Angie first, you know. So. <laughs> Whatever, we're off Assad now. We're on to Lex from uh, from Joe Budden's uh, brood from his family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the baby, his baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lex, what you like? Oh no, that's his literal newborn. Baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just trying to, you know, we've had Joe and Rory and Maul and Parks. And now we got to yeah. move on to, you know. Oh, we have Ice, too. We had Ice, yeah. yeah. Nadeska. Nadeska. So we're just trying to get everyone in the Joe Budden circles. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Lex is up next. That's so awesome. how did you guys, um, obviously, like, this could be a very easy question to answer. But at what point was it like we like hip hop enough to take it to the next level and like kind of make this something as a part of our careers? Oh, man. Um, I mean, we've always loved hip hop. So that's that's something that, you know, we were not born into. But, you know, you're you're at an age where hip hop becomes something that like you are into. It's popular culture on some level like MTV or Hot 97 or whatever it is. And so you grow up with it. Right. Um, And for us, there was the matter of, all right, we're going to go read all the double XL magazines. We're going to read all the vibe magazines. We're going to read all the source magazines. Um, we're gonna, you know, go wait outside of record stores and, you know, hope that an album actually drops when they say it's going to drop and and you go to concerts and you get into it. Now, when you graduate college and you think that you're going to go and do something very specific and life doesn't afford you that, you know, that clear path towards that, then you switch it up. And so I think that, that what both of us wanted to do was take a passion of ours and make it into a living, you know, take your like, um, avocation and turn it into a vocation. Thank you. (laughs) But, but, but that's not easy either. So, so our parents didn't understand. Our family didn't understand. There were a lot of roadblocks. We're two Jewish guys from 30 minutes outside of New York city. We're outsiders. And 
what you do is you just you put your voice and your singular vision out there. So no one was going to put our videos out and pay us for them at the time. Who are we? Right. And that's fine. Well, also, like we didn't have the luxury of like what the Internet affords everybody now, Mm -hmm. where there's so many different options to put out stuff and for you to get an audience like immediately. Yeah. Right. Um, back then it was just like you either were on TV or YouTube wasn't even around. Like, you know, there wasn't that thing. It was a very different internet. Right. So like, you know, we're not going to get just off the jump, uh, you know, Pusha T or Max B or Amanda Seals or anybody to be part of our sketches that we're doing from our parents' house, 30 minutes in, uh, north of New York So what do you do? It's like, all right, well, let's get our friends involved and let's do a video that seems like it's, you know, unique to us and put it out there. And it turns out that there were people who wanted to see these types of videos. All right. Well, what's the next thing? Consistency and quality, right? Right. Do it again next week Mm -hmm. so that it becomes like a television show. All right. I'm going to tune in and I'm going to make sure that I'm there Monday morning so I can start my week off right. We just did that over and over again to the point where Bun B called us and then Cameron was in a video. And then on and on and on for three and a half years and you move down to New York City and you become part of the community. You show your face because you don't want to be just some random Twitter egg from, you know, wherever in the middle of the country. No disrespect to Chicago. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Who's ever heard Check of Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> but, but but like it was important for us to be at every event, to go right. uptown, to go out to Brooklyn, to be at every listening session at every uh, party at every chance that other people would be around and you grow a community. Last night we went to this, uh, we went to a Jim Jones thing uptown. We went, and we don't usually do this anymore, but we did go to, to two, two events in one night and just to say what's up to a lot of friends, support the artists that we fuck with, um, you know, uh, Jim Jones uptown and then YG in, in Midtown. And we got to talking with Loki, um, from, uh, a million things, but yeah, originally Palooza from and you heard that new and, and all that. Yeah. yeah, he used to be a blogger at the same time that we were putting out videos. And we were going over, you know, what's 12 years of of history there and how we all came up. And like, you know, to eat, we didn't have any, you know, money coming in. So it's like you go to these events and you get some like finger food that they're passing around. Or if you want to, you know, do something fun, you sneak into a party with your friends. And you go through all that together as a collective, but separately. Mm-hmm you know, a long time ago. And it, and these things still remain true to all of us. And we're friends at the end of the day, which is the best part. But for us, so we became a part of that community. But for us, we were always just, you know, we had a vision. We wanted to be a part of something and, and worked our way in from like sort of the back door. Right. So that's that's kind of what it was. Right? Yeah. yeah. Dope, dope. That's super cool. When it comes to, I mean, I think that the journey is amazing and it's just you guys continued success excited to see where, where it goes um comedy is a powerful thing and i think comedy like generally just like wins on the internet like if you look at like the content i mean uh, somebody i just like live in content like cause i provide content and digital services to like different artists and stuff um but it's so damn hard to like really create something funny that will really crush and i mean that is the stuff that really does tend to blow up so i mean obviously like like there is no formula, but what's the closest thing to the formula that you guys have learned when it comes to like creating funny, like awesome moments online? I think just being authentic to yourself. Like if you if you try hard to be funny, it just doesn't work. Um, I I don't know that there is a real like formula because otherwise it's just like 
you know, you're just doing regular shit. Yeah. Um, we, we also live in an age now where everyone's a comedian, right? Like, like everyone can say in 280 characters something that could go viral, right? Yeah. Someone could have a screenshotted moment that can last forever. But, <laughs> but for us, you know, who come from a background of taking a week to put together a video that's, you know, three and a half minutes long and you hope that is going to say what you want right. to say, that was a big switch for us. So I think like Jeff is saying, like whatever medium there is, we just wanted to say something that was singular to us and in our own voice. Because like if you do what someone else does, you're dispensable. And we didn't want to be those guys. Like we wanted to make sure that people would look for us, that they would fuck with us and that our shit would last forever yeah i think that like our career would not have lasted as long as we did if we were like straight up like lonely island ripoffs and we were doing like (laughs) you know um not they weren't really doing sketches so much but like songs like with with rappers in that way um like basically taking their voice like it wouldn't have worked you have to do something different you have to do something that's like interesting but also like very true to you um and so we did all those things yeah, I mean, you guys got into got into Dat Piff when Dat Piff was still like huge. You guys yeah. have a mixtape on yeah. Dat Piff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Regardless of whether or not you still make music, to be like, oh, yo, we gotta, we we used to be on Dat Piff. We got a mixtape on yeah, Dat yeah. Piff. Well, I think that's. Pretty- I think so, so for us, and we still do make music, which is yeah, dope. Yeah. We have a cool project well, yeah, on the yeah, way. Yeah, but so, like still crushing on Dat Piff too. Oh, yeah, 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 our yeah, numbers bro. are crazy on there. <laughs> but by the way, by the way, stream our music legally because that gets yeah. us paid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but. For us, um, I think even bigger than the Dat Piff thing is that, like, we did a DJ drama mixtape, yeah, right? Like, and, like, he was one of our musical heroes Piff, growing up on like, Dat Piff. Yeah, yeah. Well, by the way, so we could have done, we wanted to do a deal with, with live, mixtapes. Live, live mixtapes as well. Yeah. But DJ drama had a deal only with Dat Piff. And so I had to make oh. the tough phone call to be like, hey, I know you guys offered us also at live mixtapes. You were going to do both. And you had, like, big banners that you were going to ready to pull out. Yeah. And then they were just like, oh, Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we're hot right yeah, now. Yeah. We're popping. I'm they were sorry. Like, they Your were offer's like, not good enough. They were like, we'll still support. And we we're like, please, like, support us. Yeah. Like, DJ Drama has his own things. I don't know. But, like, but like here's, here's, here's what we're trying to do, right? Sorry like a bit more. Yeah. Everybody, everybody can do, like, like, one thing in their life, right? Like, our dad worked for IBM and he worked for Citibank. Like, a real, like, just, you Two know, job, loyal man. business yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, we're It's the Real, right? And... That's a brand and we could do a million things and we like to think that we will do a million things. Right. So when opportunities come our way, we weigh it and we think like, is it in our voice? Is it possible to do? And, 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 you know, how can we do it in our way? So a book comes our way. We do the book, um, a TV show, it, opportunity to do that comes, we do that. A documentary comes, we'll do that. But most importantly, right now, we're selling mugs. And we are selling mugs. <laughs> so like at the top of our resume, we are mug salesmen. That's right. Yeah. Like but, that's that's what we are. But like the music thing was something that we always we had a passion for when we were growing up. We wanted to make it happen. And if you look at us and you're like, okay, cool. Who are, are Eric and Jeff? Who are It's the Real? And you say, We have a DJ drama mixtape. We put out a debut album and it had features from Currency and Bun B and and Smoke Dizza and Angie Martinez and Just Blaze and on and on and on that we sold that SOBs two or three months before our album dropped that we've sold that Highline Ballroom that we performed to Bonnaroo that we've done all this stuff you'd be like oh I had no idea that we did a hundred thousand views on our video with Bun B from a mixtape track and then uh, the lawn care company Toro threatened uh, uh, us with a lawsuit and we had to take it down and now it only has ten thousand it's a great <laughs> story right like yeah it's, yeah it's crazy to think too. Like w- sometimes I think about, cause I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I think about like 
what do the people from back home like think of us? Like, because when they knew us, we were, you know, in a basement, you know, recording with our best friend or they, you know, saw us playing baseball or they knew that we worked at a purchase day camp or something like that. I really do wonder, like, if they see what we do, what they think of it. And- well, so I am still on Facebook mm-hmm. and I just like to say I put up an in memoriam post for you. Oh, you did? When- yeah. Because so- dead rappers get better promotion? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what they think of you. Wonderful. They, they think very nice things. They still write Fantastic. in your wall if they're thinking of you. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's who I am, by the way. I am the guy who, like, sees all the bot stuff going on in the news and is like, mm, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna not be a part of Facebook anymore. And so I delete it from my phone. I don't remember my password. That's it, right? And I still use Instagram heavily, even though it's a part of Facebook.com, yeah. Inc. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have not deleted my Facebook account because I can't get in there anyway. So I go halfway and then tell people that I haven't been on Facebook for a year and a half. And ask for updates. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's real. I actually had a, I did, tried to delete my Facebook a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I got a job in the music industry and then they were like, we need you to log in and change so and so status. And I was like, well, that's the end of that. Yeah. Suck yeah, back yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that too. And for yeah. me, it's like they get you because you get the sign in with Facebook option. It's, it's so easy to, to yeah. create an account with just one click. And then, then you try and turn off Facebook and you can't use anything else. <laughs> yeah. It's, how do you play Farmville? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's uh, it's interesting, man. Social media addiction and and just like overuse has become like a very like real issue. Like even one of the guys uh, who's a tech investor, venture capitalist, his name is crazy. It's Chamath Palil Hapatia, but he runs. By the way, very crazy name. But also, <laughs> you worked yeah. with Gary Vaynerchuk, so I mean, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, everybody has crazy, crazy names. Crazy yeah, names. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was one of the early employees at Facebook and single-handedly spoke now he invests in like socially impactful like businesses and he's like the un- like facebook is literally destroying like the underlying fabric of our like social connections with other human beings yeah um, cool yeah 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 all right whatever i picked up three friends yesterday so shout out to oh, me big, <laughs> big day for jeff yeah <laughs> um cool so uh, on the subject of the internet and facebook and instagram yes, yes. How, how like you guys are have built up a thriving brand and like around content, leveraging yep. content in order to do so. I mean, in the same vein of trying to create like funny content, like creating content in general is like really important for artists or like any marketers. Yep. Like uh, outside of like creating funny stuff, like what have you guys learned or in your journey of like building an audience online through content? Like what would have been some of the biggest takeaways there? I think that um, the internet will tell you to always shoot your shot. Yeah. Um, and I profoundly and completely disagree. I think that um, to sort of like just put out stuff is is like a really dumb way to go about things and just like hoping that something hits. Like, I think that if if the analogy of like, of everybody should shoot their shot, like, sure, shoot your shot, but like count your bullets. You know, like mm-hmm. you should, um, you shouldn't just be spraying shit just like willy nilly. You know, like it, it has to be like a very focused um, thing where it's just like, be proud of what you're doing. Don't just put up stuff just because like there's a wall there, you yeah. know? I think that's that's what I've learned. I think that like if you're going to put something up, put it out, out with regularity and keep up the quality. That yeah. that's that's my philosophy. Yeah, and I think that um I would I would agree with that. I think to to trust your gut because a lot of people want to go with whatever the latest wave is, right? right. And For us, we're more in the Steve Jobs lane where it's like, I know what's good and I'm going to put this out. And by the way, we put out videos that didn't hit. We put out songs that didn't get as much traction as others. We've 
you know, uh, had tweets that didn't seemingly get all the likes that another one would or an Instagram post or or whatever. But I think if you trust it and you put it out there and you know that it's good, someone will find it eventually. Like that's the cool thing about podcasts or music or videos or whatever. We went into a meeting a year ago and they were watching videos of ours from 10 years ago and still laughing. Mm-hmm. And that's important. It's important that this stuff lives on. Listen, we put out our debut album two years ago. And just because, you know, one song heavily outweighs the next song doesn't mean that that next song won't take off at some point. Like someone could hear it. It could get sunk on a, or synced on a, on a movie yes, and, ta- and take off. You know, I and think it's synced, yeah. yeah, I, I think yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it is sounds cooler. In, <laughs> in sync. Thank you. <laughs> and I think, too, that that like if someone doesn't listen to a podcast episode that we put out this week, that's all right, because someone's going to binge listen to it on a, a long weekend that they're traveling. We ran into a girl last night who was like, I go to Hampton University. I'm from Rockland County, just, you know, about an hour above New York. I have an eight hour drive very regularly. And I listen to your guys stuff a lot right in a row. And that's dope. And so just because, you know, something doesn't hit today yeah, no, our- doesn't mean that you should like just abandon your gut. Right. Go with it. Like believe in your voice, believe in your talents and put something out there that you know will last. Yeah. Well, I, I think that everybody should put out content that has long tails. Like you shouldn't do stuff that's just of the moment. It just doesn't work. Like there's just no point to it. Right. Unless you're Joe Budden. And then it like really does work because <laughs> yeah. people want to tune in for that. But, right, right. but for us, it's like, do evergreen content and people could always come back to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just want to just like cap that off by saying we're also like Steve Jobs and that Eric is dead. You're right. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you want to leave a memorial yeah, post on go Facebook. To, go to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the next branding thing. Yeah. 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 Um, at what point is as brand personalities, do you guys have a manager and an agent or just uh, an agent? We just got new we management. We just got new management. So here's, okay. here's how we're this, announcing it here. Uh, no, well, yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Talked about it. Here's, here's how... Yeah. <laughs> Here's how this worked. Uh, we we started out with no managers. We just built ourselves into something where it was like, cool, I think we need managers now. It feels like, and so that took like three years or so. And we got comedy managers and, you know, they didn't really get us. We didn't fit in with all of the rest of their talent, stand up. Were they and- based here? Uh, they were based yeah, in New York. Here. Yeah. And then, um, well, also, and uh, they were based in New York and LA. Right. So okay. we, so we worked with them for a couple of years. And it, and then when it came time to leave, um, we were just like, good. Okay. We can move on. And then we got music managers and we had big time music managers, right? Same managers as John Legend and, um, a whole bunch of others. So M- at this Miguel point, and, you don't have any comedy managers. You just have a music manager. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they, 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 they worked. They were just managers. Right. right it was right. like, we will help you sell a TV show. We it's will help like, you. When we say comedy or music or whatever, like that That's was where they're based in. Their focus. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. it's still all just. So we do companies. both. Right? right. And it was just like, well, we'll fit in somewhere. And then it just, it didn't work with them. And so we left them about a year and a half ago after we sold out all those buildings. We went to London. We did everything. Right. We, wrote a book we were moving our podcast there was a lot of stuff that we were doing on our own it just didn't make sense to pay and we had agents too we wrote william morris and then we left both of those things we didn't have any management we didn't have any agents and well, for the last year and a half i do want to say yeah because like it's not a money thing like it's not a percentage thing it's just that because like it's not like we were giving up any money like there was just nothing coming through them so mm, all right. you're doing is you're you're sending emails to people who are just gumming up the process. Like everything moves so much quicker if it's just the two of us. Right. The Roots Picnic 
hit us up directly and they were like, we want you to perform at our thing. And we were like, oh, well, why are we not getting business from the agents? Right. right? And so if we could do everything ourselves, then someone else should provide value in a different way. And so we decided between ourselves that we would work harder than we've ever worked before and build our brand into something that was just unfuckwithable, you know? And and we did that. And so we built our thing bigger than ever. And then a, an opportunity came up earlier this year where we were able to sit down with these managers out in LA and say, listen, we don't need you. We don't need you. Um, if you want to partner with us, and you can offer something that we can't do ourselves to level us up, then that's a conversation we're willing to have. And we did. And over the course of two months or so, we really talked things through and 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 came to a place where we were all very excited about it. And we're now represented by a company called Brillstein, who represents Brad Pitt and Jason Sudeikis and Zach Galifianakis and a whole bunch of people. And they understand us, they like us, and they want to help move us in the right direction. So that's a couple of weeks into this. And we're Extremely excited about all the opportunities that are coming our way and doing some really, really significant things that we started on our own and now putting, you know, a nice machine behind it. So um, so you said earlier that the managers are just sort of like they're they're all kind of have a specific expertise, mm-hmm. um, but you guys do like so many different things. Yeah. yeah. So what do you look for the most when you're when, when you were finding and looking for a new manager? Um, OK, well, the latest managers, I would say, like. What's nice about them is that they there's so many different departments. Um, this is a big management like company, right? And so they and they also have like a very proven track record. Um, when we were with the previous like music management, I think that we were with them because um, because one they they knew the right people to get us into certain rooms. Um, they they knew. When we were trying to sell a TV show, they were aligned with John Legend. John Legend was selling a ton of TV shows. John Legend likes us as people. Um, And so there was a lot of just like good energy there at the time. And it just worked. Um, We we got in the room. We immediately talked to MTV. We sold them the show in our first meeting. Like it was just like everything was moving forward. But then once the TV show didn't get made, then they sort of didn't understand what to do with us. Um, right. And so they didn't fight as hard as we wanted them to. And so uh, we were working on a bunch of other things like the podcast and all this other stuff. And they just like couldn't give a shit. Yeah, I, I think I think overall. It, you live and you learn, right? So the right. first situation with the with the comedy managers, and I, I think we say that to sort of differentiate. So the first managers who dealt with comedy, that was something where it was like that seemed cool to us. It was just like, oh, legitimacy, right? We have managers. That means we're like a level up than we were. Um, I think that was a little foolish, um, but maybe maybe we had to go through that to get to the next ones. And then yeah. the next one was a reaction to the first one. So that's also a little foolish, right? It's like, it's like, it's like when you, when a, like a baseball team uh, has a manager and he's like strictly, you know, uh, like by the book and real just like, you know, a, 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 I don't know, a, a dictator, right? And then it's like, oh, let's go the opposite way and let's get someone who's a player's coach and is really like loose with it. That's how you react. So we got some some people that were like different. It's like, well, the comedy guys didn't get us. So maybe like the music guys will. And then it's like, that didn't work. So you have to learn to get to a place where you know what you want because you know what you don't want at that point. So what do you want? And overall, 
we were looking for partners. We were looking for people who understood the big vision and would work with us because what you never want is to be working for your managers. They should be there to enable what you can dream up. And we had this big phone call to start off our our deal together. And the head of the company was like, at the end of it said, you guys keep thinking of great ideas and we'll make it happen. And that's what you want. That's right. what like a machine should do on your behalf. I think there was a frustration when, for example, we brought our man, or we brought our agents, um, two Jews and two black dudes review the movies. An idea that we had when the locks came over and it organically came up that this would be a fun hang. It would be a fun uh, possibility to do live shows and it'd be a fun opportunity to take a podcast and put it in, into the live space. And the agents did not get it. Yeah. And that's crazy. It's crazy because like, it's an idea, right? At least explore it, at least put right. it into motion and put us in a room so we can sell someone on it, not shut it down and say, no, I don't, I don't think that's there's, the way. They, they were like, there's no market for this. You know, it's just not. And that's silly. That's silly. Like they should be fighting on your behalf. We'll all make money together. But I think there's other factors at hand that come into play where it's just like, they have to defer to people who bring in a lot of money first. And then you're just a blip. And it's not, it's, they, they want to play the odds. Right. But it's your career, right? And you don't want to flush down a lot of work or you don't want to flush down uh, a lot of potential or 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 a lot of time. Yeah. So, so the agents wanted us to the conversation was the agents wanted us to do things that we had done 10 years ago that we were not interested in pursuing at all. And we wanted to do some new th- things. And so it just we, yeah. we left. So find that. people that will fight for you and that share your vision. That's the most important part, because otherwise you're wasting time and you're wasting assets. And what's the point? You know, yeah. Jordan, I mean, in your experience, uh, I mean, as a manager working with a lot of artists, I feel like it's easy to get caught up and accept that as the reality and just spend years with a shoddy manager. Yeah. Um, like, do you, are not there, that you're one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but in your experience, like, are there, do you have any advice for artists that can kind of contextualize that as it pertains to like specific artists or, or you mean, I mean, you mean your, which managers to work with or in what how respect? Do, how to know you have like an awesome manager and how to know when it's time to get the hell out? Um, I think, and what I always try to do is be very present for my clients. Mm-hmm. So, like, if there's a text and I see it and it's from a client. I try to respond immediately. If they call, I'll literally leave wherever I am because I, I think first and foremost, I just try to take them and their dreams seriously. Right. Like the first, that's the first thing you have to do before they even, before you even listen to any ideas. It's like, I just want to be present because in reality, I don't want any of my clients to feel like I have any other clients. You know, I want them to feel like they're my only one. Right. Um, so sometimes that runs into issues like when two artists are in New York at the same time or like when another artist is calling you while you're on the phone with another artist. And then you kind of just figure out those situations. Right. Um, so I would say that's the first big thing. And then I think the, the second big thing is, you know, once you hear ideas from them, you, you take them really seriously and you see them out and you try to come up with some sort of game plan before before they're shot down. I mean, my clients have said some some crazy stuff to me, but I'm, I'm never I'm never like, nah, I don't think that'll work. Right. It's like, okay, well, let's seriously, let's seriously talk about this, yeah, you know? Totally. Um, and then the last thing I think is what you guys also touched on is the value add. Like what value am I bringing to my artists? And right. there has to be something real, you right. know? Um, if, if, you know, I'm just taking commission off of something I had nothing to do with, or I felt like I didn't really contribute some way into their career, you know, maybe that's a question on the bandwidth that I have to look internally. You know, how many clients am I representing? 
And is, am I being fair to this client by doing this to them? Because at the end of the day, I just want all my clients to be successful, whether they're with me or not, right. you know? Right, right. Um, so I think in terms of when you should leave a manager, you, there's not a lot of those signs. You know, you have a manager who's not present for you. You have a manager who's not taking your ideas seriously. Um, you have a manager that's not really bringing any value add to you in your career. I think then, you know, you could be cool with them. But I think at that point, it's time to transition. Right. When we when we had to fire our when we chose to fire our first manager, the comedy manager, um, we hadn't heard from her. You know, you get you don't get the emails returned with any regularity. You start to figure out like, all right, well, this isn't really working for either of us. But we also wanted to get on the phone with her and just say, like, hey, it's been fun. We love you as a person. But like, this isn't this isn't working. And we called up and her assistant answered and she was like, hey, guys, I have her on the phone right now. And um, oh, by the way, she's pregnant with her second child. Hold on. And we're just like, <laughs> oh. and, and we're like, hey, hey, congratulations. <laughs> um, we're going to go. Like, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a reality. Like, and it yeah. is what it is. And hopefully, like, if if you're a good person, the hope is that, like, you can remain friends and you can like both live your lives and feel happy for each other. But at the end of the day, it's like that situation was not working for either of us and we're better off apart. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And it's not all about money at the end of the day though. You know, right. it's yep. just about being, putting out the best product Whether for the, for the, and you always have to be thinking about that. Even if you're not managing the artists, like there's some artists who I'm invested in mentally as management when I'm not even managing them. <laughs> like I'm yeah. just invested in their career, where yeah. they're going, where they're headed, you know, as if I'm thinking big thoughts for them when I have nothing to do with their team. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is like, so. you know, honestly something that we didn't get from either managers one or two. Like it was just like, there was no um, real emotional investment on their part. There was like, even like, just like time. It was just like, and, and you know, you did say that your clients have said like, some some clients have said like crazy things to you like we didn't even get like that <laughs> yeah. like it was just like you couldn't get anybody on the phone like ever so it was just like all right like you know and we're we're always like the the kind of guys who um we're such nice guys yeah. <laughs> like they, that like you know we would never that that like sounds like crazy like i'm sorry for like mm-hmm. that but like you know it just sounds like that's like totally not us you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. okay right. was it just like rambling it's fine mm-hmm. okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to talk a little bit more about like what it's like working with a podcast network. Yeah. Um, so I think I think a lot of people don't really know what that's like and what perks you get from it. Um, some of the pluses or minuses of it. So you guys obviously have had a network for a long time and even switched networks at some point. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the perks that you get from from being a part of a network? Well, well it's funny that you asked that because <laughs> fired our network <laughs> well, I about, I mean, about two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So we um <laughs> we're still listed under uh. On iTunes, I guess we're still listed. Yeah, as loudspeakers now. We're not. We're yeah. not. I haven't been there for two years or whatever. Oh, like, really? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And even when oh. we were over there, again, like, like with all due respect, they didn't do anything for us. They didn't like, add any value. Literally mm. nothing. They, but, didn't, they didn't upload our and, stuff. They didn't. And like, we love them as people again, but like, there was there was no involvement. They didn't sell ads for us. Well, I they definitely didn't. thought you guys were still involved, no. <laughs> yeah. involved with them. No, but I, no, I guess no, no. the liners. I guess. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. and it, and it's like a common mistake. Like our yeah, new yeah. managers called us yesterday, and they were just like, "What's your involvement with loudspeakers?" We're like, "None, <laughs> like none, none whatsoever." Ideally, a network should be able to. If you're dealing with a, a, a network that has, a, well, first of all, you don't need a network. If you are a podcaster out there, you don't need a network. Don't sit there and wait for someone to call you. Don't act like because you don't have a network, it doesn't like mean anything for your podcast. Don't wait for a podcast to come calling or, or, or a network to come calling. Just 
put a good product out there. People will find you, be consistent, do it at a high quality, and just keep moving like the needle, right? If you do have a network, a network should should be able to cross-promote you. They should be able to sell ads for you. They Even if it's at like a lower rate, like you get something. They should be able to promote you. They should be able to market you. They should be able to do all the things that you cannot do yourself or you don't want to do for yourself. Maybe they give you a spot to record at. Maybe they have an editor for you. Maybe they offer up who knows what. But if you don't have that, do it all yourself, right? Like yeah. make it happen. Well, I think if there's like some peculiarities with our podcast, which are that we do everything ourselves, you know, we have our own uh, place to record. Eric edits all the podcasts. Um, Eric uploads all the podcasts, you know, like there's, there's not any involvement that they really like need to do. You guys mix and master your own podcast too and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Eric does. Nice. I guess they don't really do much. <laughs> um, but it's like, I just, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a real, like, you know, my brother anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a real, like come to Jesus moment where I'm just yeah. like, huh, <laughs> I guess I just guessed on it. No, <laughs> no but like. Again, if you, if you, like, people should add value. If you're a manager, you should add value. If you're a podcast network, you should add value. Um, but if you don't have a manager or a podcast network, it doesn't mean that you're lesser than, you know? Like, you can sell your own ads. You can do your own, like, you know, uh, outreach to people or companies. Yeah, and, like, you know, if if you have a, a the if you have consistency, if you have the quality, people will reach out to you. You know, we just got uh, some ads done you know, with people reaching out to us uh, for some book that came out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and well, sorry to cut you off, but but also like technology is such where it's not impossible for you to put in a little money, make your stuff sound good, you know, promote it in a certain way, get the word out there and be legitimate and grow something. Like it's not so crazy to do that. No, like 10 years first, ago, our what? first mics, which we used for a long time. Yeah. Three years, three whatever. years. They cost 30 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, and... And, and you deal, yeah. you know? And it's and you, you make it sound good. GarageBand is very helpful, you know? <laughs> and and ultimately, maybe you get the attention of a podcast network, and that's great, but make sure that they operate on, you know, a level that you are comfortable with. If they're not doing that, you don't need them. What's the point? It's not cooler just because you're part of a network. Believe us, you know? Right. Like, yeah, I haven't gotten many dates just because I was on a podcast. That's right. Like, so, that's, that's not... But you have got some. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, you're right. You're on the killing it. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, add value or get added value. Yeah. Nice. Um, this is just a random question, just yeah. out of curiosity. What yep. do you guys think about the Upper West Side? Oh, love it. Love the yeah. Upper West Side. Yeah. I mean, we've lived there now for 12 something years. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's one of those places where, I, you know, we moved into the city and you guys are from out of town, but like um, originally, but like when, when, we, when we moved to the city, like we thought maybe we'd move to like Murray Hill. <laughs> maybe we'd move to like, I don't even know, but like. Thank God we didn't because like <laughs> Murray Hill sucks and um, I can't I can't imagine like living anywhere else in the city. Like it's just like it's a very chill, um, friendly place to come back to when you're spending a lot of time like in much louder and much busier places in the city, much more exciting places. Um, also, it sets us apart. Like that's a nice sort of bonus for us. You right. know, artists come up and they're just like, it's not your typical Times Square 
Brooklyn, wherever area that like people can go to, like you go to Vice, you go to Genius, you go to MTV or, you know, a uh, uh, billboard or wherever you go. Well, you can also stop by the Upper West Side. Come see us. You hang out for an hour, hour and a half. It's in our apartment. It's just a different vibe. You know, right. people come in and they're in your home. It's a lot different than being you know, in a radio station. And I think that that's what we were excited about. It's not why we did it in the first place. We did it because we're just like, I don't know, lazy or something. And we're just like, <laughs> yeah, come over to our house. That's, that makes more sense. But there is, there is an extra level to that where it's like, this is cool. Like this is a relaxed atmosphere and everyone can enjoy themselves and be calm and not rushed out of the place. Believe us, we've had a lot of people stay because they're so comfortable for hours and into the into the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, some would say certain like certain people have come over for too long. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I I do think that speaks to the level of comfort that people have right. in terms of just, yeah, it's not your typical thing. This is outside of the box and that sets us apart, which we're, you know, I think happy with. Yeah. Um so so even when the opportunity came up to record at a studio, it just wasn't, you know, something where we were like, yeah, we'll do that. But it is interesting. So, like, you know, you did ask, like, how much we like it. Enough to live there, obviously. But when we were forced to move from our last place, which we had been in for 11 and a half years, we we thought about everywhere. We were like, all right, maybe we move down to, like, the furthest reaches of the East Village. Maybe we move to Brooklyn. Then we found out that all the publicists that we would talk to, we said, hey, like, what if we move to Brooklyn? Like, would your artists still come through? And they were like, no. Well, yeah, no, a, a, a certain part of Brooklyn, you know, like right. they didn't want to deal with traffic coming over the bridge and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's still a mentality from some artists, some older school artists who are like, I want to go to a building, you know, if like I'm going to do an building. interview, yeah. then I, I'm going to take an elevator to go to the, you know, 50th floor because that seems like the idea of right. what an interview should be. Yeah. But the reality is that maybe the reach of a podcast is bigger than the reach of like a traditional magazine now. So it is what it is and you deal with that. But I think that, you know, we love the Upper West Side for uh, it's quiet, like Jeff was saying. Also, the comforts of, you know, we're just used to it at this point. It's yeah. 12 years in, you know, a place that we're, you know, we can walk around. We can. We have our grocery stores, you yeah. know, like that's that's the Upper West Side. Yeah, we're comfortable with the crazy people that we know on the streets, you know. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah, yeah, I like I like I like seeing like the dude You're with crazy the like motherfucker. <laughs> like that's my kind of comfortability right there. I like the guy who walks around with a cat in his head. Like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people that we have on the upper west side yeah. that we uh, I like the I like the dude with the giant beard who's hunched over like a lowercase R. Like that I like that guy, you know. Well yeah. Is somebody that, with a cat on their head too? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean well, that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Well that guy he um he's known for like being all over the city, but there was like a very long time where he was just like Basically on the Upper West Side, and, but I did, yeah. I did. Um, it Kinda is well he's known. Jerk, right? Yeah, he's a jerk. Oh, like, no. if you look him up, like, and he's very easy to Google. Yeah, so you Google uh, guy, cat, cat head, head, yeah, and uh, he'll show up. Like first result, like, and so, people will say that he's a jerk. So. Guys, I don't know if you have a guest next week, but uh, that guy, <laughs> yeah, get him now. Yeah, yeah. we'll just, we'll just piss him head. off the whole time. Get him now. See how upset we can get him. Yeah. <laughs> um. You guys have interviewed some like big personalities. Yeah, what have been some of the uh, the craziest or like weirdest or funniest moments? Uh, I mean, the Migos or, is yeah, like yeah. legendary. When the Migos came over with thirty people to our uh, tiny apartment, to our last apartment, and um, they were so that okay. When we first sold the <laughs> podcast, the original idea was when we put out the press release or before we put out the press release. The original idea was that we were gonna um, 
We were trying to say that we were doing a dinner party style conversation. Like that's an easy way to describe it, you know, instead of just saying like, come to our crib and do it, you know, and talk for an hour. So the podcast company that we were with at the time, which is before loudspeakers, I'm podcast company. I'm aware of this story also because yeah. in the first episode, yeah. Yeah, keep they, uh, but they, they put out this press release that said that it was a dinner party. And so the internet went nuts because they were like, that's a great idea. Dinner like, party yeah, podcast. Cook for rappers. And so we started cooking <laughs> for rappers. We were making like, you know, nice fish for people. We made like- uh, Roasted chicken. We would like, you know, you try to cater to to your guests, right? You try to make it something witty or whatever. And, and so the Migos- we were going to make them burgers, like not challenge their palates. Like, you know, it's going to be like, <laughs> like just a straightforward, well done burger for everybody. And 30 minutes before they were like, uh, their management said, we want um, fried uh, chicken, fried pork chops, just fried Sexual everything. Sexual rider, huh? Yeah. yeah. Like a whole, like <laughs> yeah. A, a melange yeah. of barbecue. And we're like, what, what kind of operation do you think this is? <laughs> you know, like, so, you know, luckily there's a barbecue spot that was across the street from that apartment. So we ran over there, got this whole spread, laid it out, and they came in. And again, I think those were the type of guys who, there's a few things. One is that they were not the Migos that we know today. They're not like happy-go-lucky. And They're not like, fun and loving. Like no. This was like at a time when they were straight out the bando and yeah. they yeah. were not happy to be ending their day coming to two guys' apartment on, on the, the Upper West Side, yeah. fourth floor. <laughs> they were just like... Yeah, they were like, what? And with fourth about- floor, I didn't even get to go up 50 floors. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> they, and they came through with 20 of their friends and they have a Beats pill and they're playing the album and we're just like... They're like, can we do this? And we're like, no. Wait, like, during the podcast? Yeah, yeah. So they walked in. Yeah, they were like, and it's just like, can we smoke here? And we're just like, no. They're like, what if we paid you a hundred dollars? And really, we should have like tried to like, you know, see how far we could have gotten that, you know. And yeah, then yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah sure. But like five hundred, we got to do. But, but you know, and there's a million people, and it's just like, I guess go into all the bedrooms and just like stay there. I don't know. And it just wasn't an enjoyable experience for anybody. Right. Um, it's funny how it's become sort of a thing now because we asked them to what their favorite ad libs were, and they went on for like thirty seconds, and then we turned that into a five minute video, <laughs> and people were. Like, oh, I went through most of this video and didn't realize that you guys looped it. Anyway. <laughs> also, the best ad lib that they did come up with was casserole. It's great. Casserole. Casserole. <laughs> so, so that was one. Um, more recently at the new at the new apartment, somebody stopped by, went to the bathroom. And switched my toilet paper roll around. <laughs> Who does that? Really? At anyone's apartment. Are you sure you didn't do No, that? no. I was like... I was like, huh. And then, by the way, we won't, get into, we won't get into like, the whole argument of like, do you do it over, do you do it under? Just don't turn it. Whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, it is just accept it. Like, understand that that's the like rule of the house, right? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk about an exclusive. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she turned around the toilet paper. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a she? <laughs> yeah. We had, we had, um, we had a, a friend of ours come over. This is what made us, this is what really made us stop cooking for people. Uh, we made, the salmon for a friend uh, named Ture, who's on Sirius Satellite Radio. He's yep. also a rapper. Uh, he's from Coney Island. And we love Ture. Great guy. And uh, we knew that for his New Year's resolution, he gave up all meat. So we're like, cool, let's, you know, get this fish going. And yeah, because like, he was a pescatarian. Yeah, a lot of work into that. And then he told us, uh, he, he came over and we were like, hey, we made you fish. And he's like, well, guess what? Last week I decided to not have fish anymore. Now I'm only eating beans. And we're like, what? <laughs> and he pulled out Tupperware with beans in it and proceeded to eat that. And we're just like, I guess we have leftover fish for <laughs> ourselves. Um, we've had, let's see. Um, oh, I mean, some people show up super late. That's always like 
uh, crappy. Yeah. You know? Like um, hours late? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Uh, Theophilus <laughs> London was like. What? Theophilus London showed up days late. Like, I don't, <laughs> Theophilus London was like he upped the date. And by the way, that time we had a camera crew, too. Right. Because uh, we, we had this deal with a company called Full Screen, which no longer exists, but whatever. And they were there. So it's three camera people and like two assistants. And you have all the lights set up and it's hot in there. And Theophilus London was giving us updates. He's like, okay, I'm coming from Jersey and I'm taking the bus into Manhattan. And then it was like, all right, I'm on the subway. And then he's like, I'm not on the subway anymore. He's like, I'm in an Uber. And then he's like, no, I'm not <laughs> in an Uber anymore. And it took forever to show up at our apartment and like... <laughs> Yeah, that becomes like a frustration. It's like you try to be a professional, but like the person's in your house. Oh, here's one. Here's one for you. <laughs> there was a writer, and I will not mention this writer's name. Oh. There was a writer who came over, and Jeff was very excited for this episode, likes the writer's writing, um, and he flew in on a red eye maybe and had zero sleep and was – he's not um, a – He was irascible Yeah. A congenial person. Yeah. Um, like he was – I don't know. Whatever happened, it ended up in a a very uh, tense atmosphere. Like, I thought I was going to get into a fist fight with this guy in, in our, our apartment. Like, it was, like, crazy. Like, to the point where he was he turned, he turned his back on to me and you. said he was just like, yeah. I'm only going to talk to you now, to Jeff. And it was just like... And I so Eric was like... Pulling my hair out. Like, yeah. what? what, what <laughs> my, in my house? Like, yeah. what? what? That was, and, but then, like, he never left. That was, that, that was crazy. <laughs> that that episode never came out. Yeah, um, no, because like the, like we turned off the microphones. We were like, well, obviously we're not putting this out. Like you can you can leave. And he was like, I guess he felt so guilty about how he was like handling himself that he was just like, hey, like let's like be cool after this. And it's just like it was so tense and weird. Anyway, also uh, uh, our third episode ever. A lot of people may know him. He's an online like viral guy. His name is Fat Jew. And we had him over and it was it's actually a very funny podcast. And there were a lot of laughs and it was, you know, uproarious and just a good feeling. And we go downstairs to the um, oh, right. <laughs> to the uh, lobby to take a picture down there and have our doorman take we're a picture. Have our brother take a picture. We're having the best time. We're laughing so much, like, you know, <laughs> such a great time. And Dan is about to take the picture and, and someone hear. goes, Hold on. And or like, like, the way. Way. Yeah. yeah. And so we turn to our right and there is a gurney. With a dead body, and we have to like open the, the front door and like allow them to go what? through. And so, right the, between Dan, who's Dan is on the one side, and, and the three of us like, are on the other side, <laughs> <just> like posed. <laughs> yeah. And there is a dead body going through, and we have to take a picture immediately after. Like, that was insane. So, that was, that was not great. That <laughs> oh, was, that man. was a. But there are pictures of you. Wait, was, was, was the body like, covered? Yeah. yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Was, but, but it was like. Oh, so, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be really honest. Yeah. I wasn't staring at the body. Yeah, like I was, I was, I was being like very respectful. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, I think we might have like stood there and like saluted or something. Yeah. I don't, you know, like I don't, what, what does one do when a body passes? I, I sang like uh, taps or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> and then it's like you try to like put on a smile to take a picture again. It's like uh, uh. yeah, Yo, life is fleeting. So yeah. you, you don't have any pictures like of you during that. What? Like, no, no. I didn't know if he accidentally yeah. took the yeah. picture. Yeah. I don't he held on to it. Yeah. yeah, he just did like a whole bunch and like selected the one. He did that- a boomerang. The body kept moving back. And yeah. forth. <laughs> They're like, hold up, hold the body right, right yeah. here. Oh, that's just wonder if he took one by accident. That's like, fucked as- up, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you made me really introspective just then. Yeah. It's like, wow, yeah. is that fucked up? I just asked that. Whoa. No. <laughs> uh, also, Jim Jones, when we were interviewing him, uh, somehow 
I don't know where he got it, but he he got a green apple. Yeah, it was like a magic trick, you know, just like pulled out a green apple. And like we didn't it. have one in our apartment. <laughs> he had one somewhere like in his shirt or something. I don't know. Anyway, he went, he was still talking. He moved over to the sink, washed it, came back and ate the apple that was during weird. During, the during the episode. The, on the microphone. And so, like, all you hear is, like, a loud, like... <laughs> also, that was the closest that he got to the microphone the whole day. So, it was, like, <laughs> the rest of it, he's, like, way back, like, just relaxing. And then he's just, like, oh, when I eat this apple, I'm going to be right on the microphone. I had a friend that was recording a podcast, a friend, NC, and his guests. He did it, like, over the phone with mm. people. and was interviewing this interesting entrepreneur. And uh, the dude, he said he was, like, definitely taking a piss, like, during the interview. Uh. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, or washing an apple. You don't know where the water's right, coming right, from. Right, right, right. He's taking a piss. Oh. <laughs> I mean, very dope. Maybe it's like ASMR. Yeah, and I think too. I think too. One of our most famous uh, things is that when the locks came over to do a group podcast, um, Jada Kiss took an edible, was not handling it well. Styles took an edible and was doing fine because he's a professional, <laughs> and Sheik was totally straight. And so we had everybody around the table, and Jada Kiss was on the table asleep during most of the interview, and would wake up occasionally <laughs> and start singing new edition songs. Yeah, so that was <laughs> yeah. that was different, and that's the one. That's where we came up with two Jews and two Black dudes review the movies. And the reason that it's two Black dudes is because Jada was asleep, and Styles <laughs> was just like, "Here's the name," and we're like, "Great!" So now, even though Jada Kiss is excited. About about the whole thing and possibly the most excited out of all of us about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's just such a good name. It's two Jews and two black dudes. You know? I still think we should name it four Jews and Jadica. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. How did the um juvenile Birdman episode come together? That was I hit up um their I saw that they were gonna be in town. I saw they were doing Wendy Williams on Friday. Um and so I hit up their label and I was like, can I can we get them thing that they would be like, absolutely not, or just like not respond or anything. And they immediately said, yeah, sure. What are you doing like this afternoon? And so, (laughs) and so then it was sold to us as like, you're going to get Birdman. So we're like, cool, we'll bring three microphones. And then Juvenile was there too. And that was like the best bonus ever. (laughs) And we had like the greatest time with them. And they were just like really, really personable and fun and funny and open. And uh, Birdman wants to do a podcast with us. That's that. what we got out of that. But like, there's also it's just man. a really, <laughs> really enjoyable, like, you know, whatever it is, hour and change with those guys. So, yeah, I like the part where Birdman was talking about his cars. Like why, he buys, why he buys so many cars. But also, <laughs> like, that was a very conscious decision on our part because we were like, like, you know, I don't know if you think of Birdman, he's not the most jovial person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we wanted to come in there and just break it down and and give him a sort of a different approach than I'm sure he gets all the time. Like, hey, like what's going on with Lil yeah, Wayne? Yeah, what's up with Wayne? Like, or like, you know, you know, like we wanted to hear about him. Like yeah. we didn't want to hear. We don't about, care about his relationship with Tony Braxton, or or maybe we do, but we just didn't. Get I to only it. care about his relationship <laughs> with Tony Braxton. Also Tamar. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Um. So super. This has been so much fun. What's in your guys' future? What's in store? I mean, you sign with new management. Yeah. You know yep. I mean, but you just like, what's I'm, cooking? I'm yeah. going to go solo. Yeah, well, that, yeah, there's yeah. That. I feel like Eric's been holding me back. <laughs> <laughs> the announcement that Jeff's making right now. Yeah. Forget the management. Forget like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, it. that's it. That's it. I'm emotionally moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the real answer is that we have uh a lot of stuff on the way. We are we have two podcasts right now. Waste of time with it's the real, which is two hundred and fifty six episodes or something like that. In which is crazy to think about. Uh, a lot of really great guests on the way. Um, and I mean, when is this coming out? 
next week. All right. All right so well, Trevor, Trevor Noah, Noah is doing it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have uh, a bunch more like, you know, yeah. people inside hip hop, people outside of hip hop. Um, I don't think any relatives of ours necessarily on the docket just yet. No. But but people do on Dan. They, they do. Our brother Dan. Uh we have uh, two Jews and two black dudes review the movies. Like we said, we're going to launch uh, some more podcasts, which we're excited about. We have a documentary we're working on. We have uh, a TV show that we are working on very thoroughly. We have um, an album that we've been working on for a while now that we are uh, feeling really good about. We have more live shows on the way. Um, we're selling mugs. Oh, well, but, yeah, but before we get to mugs, before we get to mugs, uh, Yo, we have, how many questions do you guys have about mugs? Because that's what I'm really here to talk about. We have t-shirts that are, that are, uh, available now, but also new t-shirts that we're going to restock. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a whole ecosystem. Yeah. It's we really great. We have a lot of like stuff. Yeah. A lot so, of stuff that keeps us busy. And that's, and that's dope because like anything we put our name on, you should know that it's high quality, right? Like if you come to a show of ours, it doesn't have to be us interviewing one person. It doesn't have to be us performing our music. It doesn't have to be us sitting and taking audience questions. It doesn't have to be us reuniting all of Rockefeller on one stage. It could be anything. And you know that when, uh, when you see it's the real on, on, on that marquee, you know, it's going to be a good time and you know, it's going to be high quality stuff, whether it's t-shirts or rhyme books or mugs. Yeah. There you go. Did you have to like learn the mug game? Oh, oh my God. Like, you had to like no. learn. Read a lot of mug books. By the way, <laughs> mug game is very competitive. Yeah. So uh, we're out here. I don't want to say that I've, I've, yeah, I drew a line. The best part is like trying to think of different ways to sell it as in like, <laughs> like you do a commercial for it in the middle of the podcast and Jeff's just like, it's great to drink out of. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, I guess, I you guess You should so. hand cold yeah, and yeah. drink yeah. warm. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Word. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for having fantastic work. Right on. Appreciate you, you guys. You too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're um it's funny we when we started the podcast, we were thinking of some some ways to like intro it, outro it, all that sort of thing, how to engage our fans. Yeah. It's the real um you guys is a waste of time was like yeah. a big inspiration. Like, yeah, for crazy. It was like, legendary. Yeah. That's wild too. <laughs> like I I just want to say like we're extremely flattered um that that anybody rocks with us like on a regular basis like that. I know it's a lot to ask of people, um, but it's it's funny how almost addicted to the content people get. You know, they don't want to start their their Tuesdays off. You know, their commute to the to the office or or whatever their Monday nights without a new episode from us. And it's it's our pleasure to to bring this stuff to them. And when people like like I was saying before, when people find out about us and they're like, I'm so mad that I I didn't know about you guys before. It's like it's cool. It's gonna last forever. So. Hopefully, hopefully last forever. <laughs> yeah. um, but we just we appreciate uh, anybody who uh, who thinks highly of us, and and we uh, we're gonna keep doing it. I think highly of you because you're in heaven. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally high. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you guys. Well, that was a fun episode. What'd you think, man? That was a really fun episode. I mean, like we said in the intro, we just did a podcast with two comedians. So not only did they have super insightful things to say, but they teed us up definitely on a lot of our responses and on a lot of our jokes. And I would say we thought we were funnier than we actually were with them. <laughs> no doubt about it. That's, that says something because we ain't that funny. Yeah, no, no, definitely not that funny. Okay. Uh, so it's the real super excited to just see all the progress and momentum they built. I think... For people that are trying to break into the music industry, I mean, they've created their own path. I mean, sketch comics, hip-hop sketch comics is not something people many aspire to be because it's not a 
popular job. It doesn't really exist. They saw an opportunity. They they took stock with their own skills and they made they made it into a viable career. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that they talked about that a lot of our guests don't talk about actually is developing that community. They said when they started, it was like, how are we going to get in this community? And a lot of it was just showing up and just coming to New York and just being present. You know, they said before we saw them, they went to a, a YG party like the night before or something like that, just from showing up and being good guys. So I think that's a big lesson for people where it's not just it's not just about networking. It's really being a part of the, an active member of the community. You know, right. Totally. Totally. So. Uh, so, I mean, if you guys haven't already, be sure to go pick up a It's The Real Mug, the, the freshest, realest mugs in the game. Put a lot of work into them, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> And then uh, beyond that, too, definitely check out their podcast if you haven't already. Waste the time with It's The Real. Check them out on across the, uh, all of the internets. Um, and as always, if you guys have any feedback, please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or shoot us a question, comment, DM at Music Business Podcast on Instagram. Um, your feedback, your support genuinely means the world. So we got a lot of other awesome interviews on the way, so stay tuned. Thank you. See you guys later. <laughs> the judge of fire. <laughs>